I'm Tyler Smiley. And I'm John Morrison. And this is the Rooted and Grounded Podcast. Rooted and Grounded is a ministry of Lakewood Baptist Church that creates theological content to grow the church in our knowledge of God in order that we would grow in our love for Him and for our neighbor. Check out more at rootedandgrounded.co. Hey, I'm looking at the website right now, John. It looks really nice. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, finally updated it. Put some articles looks, on there. Got some fresh articles. Got some good good new looks going on. New year, new site. That's what I'm saying. You know, 2020 was not kind to the, the writing on uh, Rooted and Grounded. But new year, new site. We got some good things lined up. Rumor has it that you might even actually turn in some articles this year. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, now that you're done with your dissertation, you might have more time to write. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. Well, uh, I need to make that a reality. You do. You do. Just set yourself, you know, some goals. Try to hit a word count every day. It'll be good. Just like well, you do with your of, dissertation. Yeah, that's right. I, I think I'm still got a little bit of a writing uh, lull going on after that that thing. Well, good thing you don't have to like write a sermon every Sunday or something like that. <laughs> You know, speaking of like goals and New Year's resolutions and all, you've already accomplished so much on the website. Like it already feels new. How are you going to, I mean, you've already done so much. Like you've accomplished your new goals for 2021. Well, that's, you know, I had a friend when uh, I used to race and he talked about how it was always about a judicious selection of competition. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all about who you're racing. It's all about setting your goals at an achievable <laughs> level. Done. We're rolling into 2021 strong. Week one, already done. Mission accomplished. Actually, it'll be really good because uh, finally the written content will not be all mine. We have uh, several other people lined up to help write from residents to you to different pastors, some lay folks in the church, a few things from church planners. So it will be uh, it'll be a nice change of pace for the website. Well, it's going to be good. And what, you know, right sort of front and center there on the new website, you've got the No Other Gospel logo which is going to be our new at Lakewood going to be our new 2021 study. And uh, we'll be looking at the gospel throughout the entire year of 2020. What is the gospel? Why is it important? Um, how does it sort of affect and, and direct our lives and, and all that the, uh, that the new Testament and the whole Bible has to say about the good news, but especially in the first couple months, we're going to be in Galatians no other gospel, which is a great place to start out in Galatians. Talk about the gospel. Yeah, I, you know, the in Galatians, Paul uses that phrase that there not that there are any other gospels, right? That there he's worried about the Galatians being uh, drawn away by other gospels, and he says, not that there are any others. Right. There's only one. There's only one gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's really, you know, Galatians is going to lay the foundation for us, get at the heart of what is the gospel. Uh, and then hopefully we'll we'll go out from there in our understanding, because I think, uh, you know, what one thing Gregory the Great says about Scripture, that Scripture is shallow enough that a child can wade in it, but it's deep enough for an elephant to swim in. It's like a river in that way. And I think. Similarly, the gospel is like a river, and there is there are the simple truths of the gospel that even a child can understand, and yet the depth 
of the gospel, the beauty of the gospel is something that we can explore through our whole lives. Um, and that, I think, you know, one of our hearts, as we've talked about this series and this year, is to help people see our need for the gospel throughout our whole lives, not just punch a ticket to heaven and we'll be good, yeah. but how the gospel really impacts everything we do as believers. Yeah. When you think about the gospel in the Bible, do you see this as something that's, I'm, I kind of already think I know the answer to this. Maybe I'm, uh, this may be a leading question. I, but That's good. I like to eat. Yeah. Tell me what I need to answer in your question. <laughs> Tell me the answer. But when you think when you think about the gospel, do you see it locked away sort of in one part of the Bible, or do you see it as a theme that really captures is captured through all of Scripture? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's it's there in all of Scripture as this story about God redeeming His people through Jesus Christ, and this announcement of what God, you know, in the Old Testament is going to do. And then what he does and then continues to be what he is going to do, continue to do and complete in Christ. So, yeah, really, really through all all of Scripture, I think you see the gospel foretold, the gospel, you know, coming in Christ and then living out in the church and the promise of that fulfillment in the end. Uh, you remind me of uh, the, the Bible teacher at my high school. One of the fam- his famous questions on his Bible exam was, who was on the road to Damascus and where was Paul going? <laughs> yeah, see, that's good. It's, that's, it's a help. It's, that's how you ask a helpful question. That's a helpful question. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to learn how to do that in the leaders' guides and the uh, these devotionals. Is yeah. how can I get you to say exactly what I want you to say? <laughs> Just tell me what you want me to say, and I'll give you the answer. It's like people want discussions, but I just want to tell people what I think. It's really it's really difficult to form that as a question. You know, as we're coming out of uh, Christmas season, well, I mean, still sort of in that season, but coming kind of right out of it. One of the things that I always am reminded of at Christmas is how the gospel is there from the very beginning of Scripture. Mm-hmm. When you think about <clears throat> the fall, Adam and Eve, and and God's words to each of them right afterwards, but particularly what he says to the serpent, one, a seed, you know, a seed from the woman will, uh, will crush your head. You'll strike his heel, but you'll crush his head. And even wrapped up right there is good news Mm. that in the midst of all the sin and chaos that is about to uh, break into the world because of uh, humans rebellion against this good God. Even in the midst of that, God is saying, I will send someone to, you know, to make all things right, to crush, crush the head of the serpent, to defeat evil and, and uh, restore the good creation that I did. And so Christmas, you just, you see that, I mean, that's, it's coming true in Christ, mm-hmm. all, all of that. And so it's promised through scripture and the prophets and not, so not to sort of flash forward from Genesis to Jesus, but it kind of, I mean, it really is that you see Christ, he's born, he's, he comes into the world by God's miraculous gift of a child, his own son, Jesus, who is God with us, God in the flesh through the woman, through the virgin that comes and he's struck down on the cross and yet his resurrection through his resurrection, he overcomes the grave, crushes the head of Mm. the serpent and, and defeats evil. So 
And I think the gospel is there from the very beginning. And like you said, you see it promised and hoped for and looked for and ultimately fulfilled in Christ. And that seems to be at least how all the authors of the New Testament read the Old Testament. But one thing that stands out to me, and I want to see your thoughts about this as I'm reading through Galatians and Paul's, uh, you know, he says, we're, we're kind of looking at the first 10 verses of Galatians, Galatians 1, verse 1 through 10. And, but he says in verse 6, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, like you said earlier. But wh- why do you think it was so surprising why was it so surprising that there was this good news that was coming in Jesus Christ? Why, why is there a tendency in us to look for good news elsewhere, to be confused with the gospel? Or, I mean, what, what was it about this news of Jesus Christ that not only was hard for the Galatians and even a lot of the early Christians to accept, but even for us today, we have a hard time really recognizing what it is. Uh, you didn't put the answer in that question, so <laughs> this is getting a little bit more challenging for me. And why would you say that Jesus is the right answer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do think the gospel is so, because the gospel is the good news of God's grace, that his faithfulness and his loving kindness endure forever, that it's entirely a work of his mercy and grace it's just so antithetical to the way the world works where every, everything in the world uh, says, you know, we need to earn our way. We, we need to go our own way and earn our own way. The gospel says that God gives us what we need. There's no earning, but it's entirely a free gift from him. And I think that's part of the challenge for the Galatians is sort of like, so when when does the other when does the other shoe drop? Like when yeah. when are we going to get the bad news? Like all right, we're here. We, we you got us hooked, but what what's really the catch? Yeah. And I think in their sort of human understanding, much like ours, we are try we keep trying to find ways to prove ourselves to God and to earn His favor, even when it's already freely given in and through mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just so different than everything else in the world yeah right that we would be given this gospel this grace based upon the work of another another based upon the work of jesus not of a, upon anything we could do look one of the things that's been i mean I, I almost can remember back and just have these light bulb moments in my life as a christian but one of the times was i'm thinking back and recognizing how Christianity compares to other world religions. And one of the things that becomes so striking to me is that Christianity stands apart as the one world religion that is uh, in its truest and clearest light, so not man-made. And that's really hard, I think, for a lot of people to accept because you look at other world religions and it says, do this, act like this, do these things. And if you're doing those things, then you can have confidence that you're right with God. Or if you act like this, or if you can, you know, sort of free your mind, or, you know, if you follow these practices, then you can become 
the person that you're supposed to be. And what Christianity says over and over and over again is that it's God's free gift of grace, his work in Jesus Christ, and because of your faith in Christ and that alone, you can be made right with God. But it's so not a man-made religion. You can't, you, you can't work it. You can't make it happen. All of your efforts will never get you to where you hope and want to be. It's so clearly dependent on who God is and what he's done and not on what we do. And I think for me, mm. that is always helps me keep my, keep my mind right when I think about what it means to be a Christian. It's never about my good works. And even when I'm called to do good works, I know that those things are an overflow of what God has done in me already. Yeah, that's great. And I, and I think you, what you pointed out earlier is that even though Paul is astonished that they're quickly deserting the gospel, they're deserting this good news of God's grace. 2000 years later, it's not that astonishing anymore because we see it happening all the time. We see it happening in our own hearts. And, and one of the questions you asked earlier this week as we were planning for the sermon was about what are some of those false gospels that we're drawn to, those so-called other gospels? And what I think you wrote down a list of like a dozen different things, but what are some of the things you feel like you see us, uh, you know, as our church, that you see us drawn to that we would try to distort the gospel, inadvertently distort the gospel uh, because, yeah, trying to add to it and distort it. There's a couple that jump out to me immediately that I think are just so relevant, not only in our church, but in uh, Christianity, maybe in the U.S. at least. Mm -hmm. I mean, one certainly is the prosperity gospel. I mean, I think that is such a, a huge and and far spanning distortion of the true gospel. And maybe it comes out in various different ways, but uh, for the sake of time and simplicity, it promises that uh, if you truly have faith and love God, then everything will go well in your life in just the way that you want it to go in this life. It promises that you'll be healthy and, and uh, wealthy and, and life will be uh, free from struggles. And that's the that's sort of the uh, you know the short and condensed version of it, and that's just not the case with Christianity. Mm. That's not what the gospel is promising. When, and I think there's also this distortion of what faith is, with that understanding um, that faith is something you can do and accomplish yourself. Uh, and so, I mean, there's just the idea like, well, if you are struggling if you're not getting what you want, then you just need to believe harder. You need to believe more. Uh, and it, as if faith is something you can sort of engender in yourself and just do it, do faith better. And then you'll get what you want from God. And so it even not only the results of what the gospel brings, but also just the very nature of faith itself. I think it, it distorts. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, to me, that's just a huge one that I think we face every day. And whether or not we even recognize that we're being tempted by that. I just think we are because when difficulties happen in our lives, we wonder I even, you know, even, even nonchalantly when someone's having a difficult go at it and something else sort of goes wrong in their life and they may 
whether they're tongue in cheek or whatever it may be, say, oh, of course, God, why would you, you know, one more thing, you know, yeah. to deal with. And it's just like, we almost expect nothing uh, bad ought to happen to us in this life. And it's just, number one, it's not the case. But number two, you're exactly right. That's not what uh, that's not what faith is about. It's not about making sure everything goes exactly how we want it to in this life. Yeah. And I think in a similar vein for me, one of the, the distortion I struggle with is this idea of is, is Christ himself enough is the good news of what God has done in Christ for his people, for the world. Is that enough for me? Or do I think I need Jesus plus something else? And, uh, yeah, I mean, in my own heart, I think, yeah, Jesus is great, but I also need things to go really well for me uh, at home. I need a great family. And it'd be really great if things went, went well for me at work, too, because I find, you know, a bad day here, a bad day there, at home, at work, wherever it is, and I quickly grow discontent and am not satisfied in who God is in himself. Yeah. And it really reminds me of what we were doing in Advent with Psalm 73. Uh, you know, am I fully satisfied in God alone as my portion? Yeah. Because ultimately, that's what the gospel gives us is God himself. It's not about, you know, the comfort and ease in life or having a great family or a good job, but it's God himself, which it far surpasses everything we could ever hope or imagine. Yeah. And yet I find myself being dissatisfied with that and thinking I need more. Yep. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, Paul has some pretty strong words for that. Uh, these distortions of the gospel there in, you know, chapter one of Galatians verses eight and nine. That if we even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Yep. Let him be anathema. I mean, he's saying let let anyone who preaches proclaims a different gospel, let them be damned. That's right. Um, he, and then he says it again in verse nine, just so you don't miss the point. And I think it it's such a powerful point there that he's saying, it's not me, right? I'm an apostle, I'm sent from God, but it's not about me, it's about the message. So even if I were to teach you something different, I should be damned because it's a message that's powerful. Um, and that's really, I mean, that's the hope of the gospel, that it's the power of God for salvation for all who believe. Yep. Uh, that that God actually is working through this good news and through this message to transform people, to change our lives. Amen. You know, I think that highlights, too, one of the other real dangers that we probably face as Christians, and that's a downplaying of uh, a downplaying of the dangers of false gospels. Mm, mm -hmm. So you just think like tweaks, distortions, additions to the gospel. Um, you know, th these are not things to be trifled with. And he's so clear. If you are not holding to the true gospel, you, you know, may you be cut off from God, which is we cut off from life. Right. And, that's just so striking. And I think a lot of Christians just say, well, you know, uh, may, you know, maybe, maybe they're close enough. They're nice enough person. And, you know, I don't want to offend them. I don't really want to bring up whether or not, you know, they 
believe that this is true about Jesus and that whole thing. And so let, let me just, you know, I'll just certainly hope that they kind of wind up, uh, you know, coming around. And I think this ought to embolden us just to be so clear, to not be afraid when we have opportunities to speak the truth of the gospel into someone's life that we would do it because that would be a loving and good and right thing. And to not just sort of, uh, you know, tiptoe around things that we think are going to uh, offend someone when it has to do with a holding to the true and right gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think what you're speaking of is that our tendency is to love what people think of us more than we love that person himself or herself. Right. right. So the reason I don't say anything is not because I love this person, but it's because I love what they think of me more than what, more than I love them. That's really where Paul goes in verse 10, right? Am I trying to please men or please God? And because he's trying to please God, he loves the Galatians enough to speak to them the truth of the gospel. But he also doesn't go to the other extreme and something, you know, Seth, one of our pastoral residents pointed out that sometimes we can use the gospel like a bludgeon because we just love to be right. And I think those are sort of these two poles that we can love to be right or we can love what people think about us. But Paul here is modeling. No, no, you actually need to love people. And the most loving thing you can do for people is to proclaim the truth of the gospel with them. And to them. Uh, And so when we actually love people more than we love what they think of us, more than we just love being right, and we actually love them well, that's when we can speak the truth and love and share the gospel in a winsome way. Uh, But like Paul here, uh, he's winsome, but he he is not bashful. Mm -hmm. I don't think, uh, yeah, bashfulness is exactly the word you would use to describe Paul, particularly in Galatians. No, and that's that's a great point because uh, what how Paul ends that this little section in that in verse ten that I think that's another area that we need to be on the lookout as Christians that our desire to love and care for people does not turn into um, a, a distortion of the gospel because we just want them to like us, right? And, and you're exactly right. I mean, Seth is exactly right, one hundred percent spot on. We've all seen it how how Christians begin to take and use uh, and abuse this gospel to, um, you know, in hateful and mean ways. And so we certainly are need to avoid all of that. But, but there is a strong tendency in us that we just want people to like us. And Paul is very clear. I'm not here trying to please and serve other people. I just, that's not my vision and goal. I'm here to please and serve God and serving him means loving people and telling them the truth about who God is and what he's done. And, and boy, I think we all have to be careful that we walk that road really well to not become so overburdened that people like us and accept us. um, But also that we, we don't abuse the gospel by, well, you know, in a lot of ways, I think it would be, um, I think about what Jesus said when he says, uh, you know, you're, you're to be leaders, which doesn't mean that you lord this over people. 
And I think a lot of times that's what happens when the gospel is you, you lord it over them. Mm -hmm. You make, you, you make them feel maybe insignificant or uh, even just um, dumb for not knowing who Jesus is when really you ought to be loving them and explaining to them the truth in that love. But yeah, it's, it's a, this is the message of God's love. And it turns out the medium and how we portray that message is as, maybe not as important as the message itself, but it is part of how we convey the gospel is through our, our attitude, our actions, and even, even the tone in which we share, uh, share that good news. Look, I think one of the things that we've focused on in this, in this uh, podcast is uh, the danger of false gospels, which is probably appropriate because that's how Paul spends the majority of the first 10 verses of Galatians saying, you better be on the lookout because there are distortions to this gospel that are rampant among you. And you have to be on the lookout because these are not things to be trifled with. So I just want to encourage our all of our, our folks um, that hopefully this sets us out on a path to really start to to find what is the truth of the gospel. And, and Paul will lay this out in Galatians. Mm. Um, he'll come back to themes and, and, and topics and things that are so critical for making sure that we are following the, the true good news that is coming from God. And so I just want to say, I hope that all of our listeners will use this as a springboard to try to say, well, what is the gospel? What is the good news so that I can make sure in my own life and my own family and with those that I speak with, that I am, am a, uh, a faithful and true witness for Jesus in the world. And that's what we'll be doing for the next 10 weeks. This hopefully is laying the groundwork to say, we better be careful. This is an important topic. Mm. This is not something that you can just hold loosely and say, oh, yeah, well, we'll do our best to kind of get it right. But if we mess it up a little bit, you know, it'll be okay. Just, no, we, we need to be sure that we are faithful to God's word and what he said. And, uh, and hopefully this will light a, light a fire under us a little bit to, uh, help us pay attention to what we teach and say. Absolutely. Hey, let's, uh, draw people's attention to a few of the resources that we have. So like you mentioned at the start, we're going to be putting, we're going to be putting a few articles on rooted and grounded just to go a little more in depth with Galatians and some different topics in Galatians. Yep. Uh, sort of the bread and butter piece for us uh, in reading Galatians, we have a, a book, a Galatians study guide, devotional, whatever you'd like to call it, uh, that you can get through the church. So if you'd like to get one of those, you can reach out to Lakewood or you can email me at jmorrison at lakewoodlife.org. There's also a family discipleship piece that's very good that you help put together. Yep. Uh, gotten a lot of good feedback from that already. Yeah, we uh, used it. We've used it this week already uh, with our family, and are enjoying that and reading Galatians. And it's got activities and prayers and songs. And I mean, it's got it's, it's really good to help us be intentional uh, with our families in the Word. And Zach is working on a song. That's right. That he hopes to premiere during this series. So that'll be great. But I think what the people really want to know, Tyler. Obviously, you're going to preach through Galatians every Sunday. Right. But the people really want to know, are you going to give Benji a shot? (laughs) 
the man, the man was supposed you. You thought you had him tucked away in the Sunday after Christmas, and then he got <laughs> sick. So uh, he needs he needs a shot, Tyler. You got to give him a shot. Benji will have his moment. Um, he is a great preacher. We got to get him back in there. Yeah, I was I was a little disappointed to hear uh, the uh, uh, after at Sunday lunch how your parents just kept saying how much they missed Benji's preaching. <laughs> I, was, I thought of all people that your your own parents wouldn't even compliment you. We love Benji. We want to hear him preach. We're so sad we didn't get to hear him preach. Um, I agree with all of that, just to be clear. I'm sad, but uh, it's coming. Yeah, I thought you were going to say something about what Spurgeon had to say on Galatians, but... um, Oh, that must have slipped my mind. Yeah, I mean, I always think about what Spurgeon has to say on Galatians. Really? uh, Spurgeon, not, not Brother Martin? Let me hold up a book right here. That you oh, can this, see that nobody else can. For those of us watching on TV. Yeah. Uh, we didn't even mention this, but, uh, you know, Martin Luther had a great little commentary on Galatians. Oh, we should have said this for sure at the beginning. Galatians is a really important book historically for Christians. Like, other than the fact that it's just in the Bible, which makes it important. And certainly worth reading because of that fact, inspired by God, uh, that, you know, the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write it. And, and uh, but ju- it, the book itself was very significant as the Lord, by his grace, brought on sort of this um, uh, a reformation in the church of finding the truth of the gospel again. And uh, for those who maybe haven't read a lot of history, that would be that'd be worth noting that Galatians um, played a really significant part, especially for Martin Luther, as he brought to light so many of the truths of the gospel that had been darkened, I think, throughout the history of the church. From from Martin Luther on Galatians, just give people for if we lose the doctrine of justification, we simply we lose simply everything. If we lose the doctrine of justification, we lose simply everything. So Galatians, so worth reading. It's, it's a great book. It's worth spending your time in. It's worth getting these resources and helps and guides. And uh, I look forward to what, uh, what the Lord does to grow us all over these next 10 weeks. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Thanks, John. Thanks for your time today. Thank you, Tyler.